Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Coot Blackson. Coot is an inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He's the author of the best-selling book, You Are the One, and also The Magic of Surrender. He is widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development and has been featured on Larry King Now, Fox and Friends, Dr. Drew, as well as Inc. Magazine calling him the mindfulness guru billionaires go to for advice. Coot offers a fresh, bold look at spiritual awareness for a whole new generation. His mission is simple to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their life's true purpose. So I am super excited to welcome Coot Blackson to the show. Welcome, Coot. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I am super excited to have you as my guest today. I know that you are a mind of great information about so much that's going to really, really help my listeners. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do, Coop. A little about me. I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. We're just speaking. I grew up in uh, Peckham, Dulwich, Brixton, uh, Camberwell, South London. Uh, For me, I always felt a deep calling to serve humanity. I felt a deep calling to serve people as a young boy. I, I was very sensitive to people's pain. So I'd feel the pain of, of those around me. And I never really understood what was going on. I never really understood why folks who seemed to have everything didn't seem to be happy. And yet some folks who seemed to have nothing seemed to be fulfilled and happy. I grew up around a lot of folks that didn't have a lot. And so from a very young age, I started to kind of question life and ask myself the questions of like, why the hell are we here? What's the purpose of life? Is it just to wake up, go to sleep, eat? you know, make babies, buy a house, buy a car, go on vacation and then die. Like, surely there has to be more to this process of life than that. And so this became a deep questioning for me as a young kid. Also, uh, I grew up in a very, let's say, spiritual, mystical environment from the standpoint of uh, one of my first memories was literally seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand that this man walks on and wipes it on her face. And so week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. And the man whose sand she picked up, who didn't even know that she picked up the sand that he was walking on, uh, this man was my father. He would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick, stand up. Do you believe stand up? He would look at a person who couldn't see, brought in blind, hadn't seen in 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, touch their eyes, boom, eyesight would come. And so as a young kid, Growing up in London and Africa, I grew up seeing these miracles day in, day out, not on TV, right in front of me. And so I grew up with this sense of possibility. So when I was age eight, I started speaking in my father's uh, churches. We had a church in, we had a big church in Wandsworth, actually. It was the huge bingo hall next to the town hall. It was a sheet, like four or 5,000 people every Sunday. And uh, 
I started speaking in my father's church when I was age eight, when I was 14, I was ordained as a minister. At 14, I was designated to be the successor to my father's spiritual organization, carry on his legacy. Four or 500,000 people in his organization in terms of followers. And so it was quite a big responsibility. But at that age, all of a sudden, imagine I'm 14, it gets announced that everybody, my son's taking over. And I'm wondering what the hell is going on? And uh, something didn't really resonate for me. Something wasn't right for me. My entire life was mapped out for me by my father, by the community, by life, by everyone, all these expectations. But in my heart, I knew that something wasn't quite right. And so honestly, I didn't say anything for about four years. And I went through a lot of depression, turmoil, questioning. I was meditating a lot, but I just knew that this wasn't right. You know, that, that feeling when you have this knowing deep in your heart that something isn't aligned. But the truth is, I was too afraid. I was too afraid. My fear was if I dared to be myself, if I dared to be who I really am, if I dared to share who I really am and speak my truth, I'm going to lose my father. I won't be loved. I'll lose the community. I'll be abandoned. I'll be alone. And I think so many, in so many ways, as human beings, we hide who we are. We betray ourselves. We hold back our truth. We hold back the fullest expression of what we are out of fear. And I was terrified. And so I said nothing. Four years passed. When I turned 18, I looked into my future and I saw I had a decision to make. Uh, I was called to go to America. I was called to leave my father's church, which was huge. And I looked into my future. I saw that I could take the expected path by society standards, that maybe I could be very successful taking this path. But if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my truth, if I didn't have my authentic nature, then what the hell do I have? And so honestly, talk about heartbreak. That was my first heartbreak in having to break my father's heart. And because I looked up to him, he was iconic. We weren't close, but I, he was my hero. And so knowing I was going to break my father's heart broke my heart. And as a result, I was shattered, but I knew that I was going to have to be willing to lose my father's love and the relationship with my father in order to, to gain myself. So when I was 18, I finally had the conversation with my father, you know, that I felt this, I felt this calling to come to America, go to the US, because all of the authors, I started reading self-help books as a teenager, all of the authors I read about, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Marianne Williamson, Wayne Dye, all these folks lived in... Southern California. So I thought, I want to go to Southern California and learn from them and study with them. And uh, yet I had no idea what, what the hell I was doing, where I was going, why, when, no money, no support from family, nothing. Sometimes I think what your soul calls you to do doesn't make sense. What your soul calls you to do isn't always convenient. But I really do believe that when we follow our soul, the universe supports us. And so when I spoke to my father, I'll never, never forget that day, eight, 17, maybe 17 years old in that zone, about to do my A-levels. And I tipped up the stairs, terrified, like, ter like my life was over. I'm heartbroken. I'm about to like destroy my father's heart. And oh my God, my life is over. And I finally told him I'm not taking over. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yes. I thought he was going to scream. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah. And we didn't, we didn't speak for two years. Uh, no, no communication for two years. That was the biggest heartbreak in my life up until that moment. And it was hard. You know, sometimes people think that when you find your destiny or when you find your purpose, that everything is easy. I think sometimes when you find your destiny, you find your purpose, that's when the real difficulties start. That's when the real challenges start. I call them soul tests. And I think sometimes we are given soul tests by the universe, not because we're on the wrong path, 
but actually because we're on the right path. A lot of people give up because they follow their purpose, they face all these soul tests, and then they think to themselves, am I doing something wrong? I actually say, you're actually doing something right. Those soul tests are simply sent by the universe to prepare like a school, to prepare you like a gymnasium, to prepare you to become the person who is capable of fulfilling your vision and your mission. And so my challenges began and cut a long story short, I won a green card in the lottery, uh, the green card lottery, came to the US, two suitcases, $1,000, one suitcase full of clothes, one suitcase full of books and seminar audio tapes at the time, and just landed in LA, Venice Beach, started a life. Uh, very, very difficult. You know, I was poor as could be, you know, living in a tiny little shoebox apartment and stealing bread from the supermarket. But you know what? I was free. I knew in my heart that I was being true to myself. I knew in my heart that I was following my, I was surrendered to my soul. And even though I had no idea what I was doing and where I was going, it felt right. It felt so right. And I think one of the things as human beings that keeps us stuck that keeps us from being truly happy is because we are constantly lying to ourselves. We stay in relationships that aren't truly fulfilling. We stay in relationships that we know, we know from the beginning it's not right. There's a moment either from the beginning or from somewhere in the middle, we know this is not a line, but we stay because it's comfortable. We stay for security. We stay because of what will people think. We stay because we've invested so much. We stay out of guilt and we compromise our truth. And so I think, or we stay in jobs that we hate, that we know, we know that this is not the purpose and the reason I was put on the planet to do this job, but we stay for five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, life passes by, and then we live with a deep sense of pain, a deep sense of regret. And so what I saw very early on was you cannot be truly fulfilled and happy living someone else's life. You cannot be truly fulfilled and happy being someone that you're not. And so I would just ask everyone, just as we you know, begin the conversation, really look at what lies are you telling yourself and get really real and honest. I mean, what lies are you telling yourself? It's the lies that keep us stuck. What are you pretending to not know? In so many ways, we're we play this game as human beings sometimes of confusion. Like, I'm so, co I'm so confused. I don't know if this relationship is right. You know if the relationship is right or not. Deep down, there's a part of us that knows everything, but it's the fear that stops us. I don't know what my purpose, I'm not sure what my purpose is. I'm not sure. I'm not so this game of confusion that the ego plays is a way that we keep ourselves stuck, a way that we keep ourselves in a smoke screen of I don't know, of confusion, so that we don't have to take action, so that we don't have to risk, so that we don't have to love fully, so that we don't have to put ourselves on the line, and it keeps us safe. And so what am I pretending to not know is a question to really sit with and ask ourselves so that we can start getting in touch with our truth. And the third thing I just invite people to sit with is, you know, what are the lies that you're telling yourself, especially let's say you're in a relationship that isn't aligned? What are the lies that you're telling yourself? What is it costing you? In so many ways in our culture today, we have learned to distract ourselves from the truth. We've learned to distract ourselves from the pain because we don't want to feel the pain, because sometimes we're afraid if we feel the pain, oh shit, we might have to tell the truth to ourselves about what's really going on. And I actually believe, so we, you know, we sex it away, we drug it away, we smoke it away, we shop it away, we social media it away, we work it away, we Netflix it away, whatever we need to do to just not deal with the pain, pain, oh, we run away from it. And so I think pain is our friend. You know, pain is simply a signal. If we can embrace the pain that we feel in our life, not as something bad, but just as a friend trying to communicate to us, showing us maybe something is off here. 
maybe the relationship, maybe something, maybe you, maybe there's some place that you have been betraying yourself. Maybe there's some place in which you have been not honoring yourself. Maybe this situation or circumstance you're in is not right for you. And so I think that if we can then pay attention to the pain, the signal of the pain, and really ask ourselves, what is the message of the pain? Then the pain can help to recalibrate and bring us back into alignment, you know? And so I uh, came to the US, began my life, went and found teachers and mentors and authors, folks we talked about, studied with some of them. And then from there, I just started traveling the world. To, went to India, spent time with sages, mystics, enlightened beings, went to uh, Israel, studied with rabbis, went to Thailand, studied with monks, went to uh, Peru and South America, studied with shamans, and just just really went on a quest to try to understand the nature of existence, the nature of life, the purpose of life, why the hell are we here incarnated into this human experience. And so from that, I then started working with people one-on-one and it it just expanded one-on-five, one-on-twenty, one-on-five-hundred, one-on-a-thousand, and it just kept expanding and writing books and here we are. What an inspiring story. (laughs) I mean, to have gone through all that at such a young age and then have traveled the world and learned from so many amazing people I guess there's so many questions I'd love to ask you I'm sure. sure some of my listeners right now having listened to what you were saying then about pain and you know what am I pretending not to know I think that's an amazing question and quite often we do know we're in a relationship that yes. isn't working but the fear of getting out is greater uh, because we all fear change well a lot of people do right this was sort of scared of the unknown and I think a lot of people listening be thinking well I'm in that situation I know that I should leave but I'm scared so what would your advice be for those people firstly number one be compassionate with yourself because change is hard number two be honest with yourself one of the ways we keep ourselves stuck is we 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 justify you know we justify we defend we we negotiate well maybe if this happens and that happens or you know He's got a lot of potential, but it's been like 15 years doing the same thing, but he's got potential, but nothing's changed. He's not working on himself. He's not evolving. He's not meditating. He's not doing therapy, but he's got potential. And then just nothing changes. And so I think we have to become a lover of reality and be willing to look reality in the eye and be honest with ourselves, without judgment and without any pressure to take action. Because sometimes the thought of taking action, breaking up, getting a divorce, puts so much pressure that we, it, it makes us too afraid. So even just saying to oneself, I am not happy in this relationship. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as The Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today 
and start to feel happy again. I am not happy in this relationship. Honestly, I'm not happy here. And just really sit with that and feel the pain. That's the key. Sounds simple, but I alluded to it earlier. Actually, let yourself feel the pain and be honest with how not happy you are. Because if you really let it sink in, if you let that reality and the feeling or the pain of it sink in without distraction, without justification, without avoiding, it will stir something inside of you. It will brew something inside of you. It will move something inside of you. And so the willingness to be that radically honest and then sit in the feeling of that, which most of the time we don't do, we like, eh, I should be grateful. Mm, it's okay. It, it, just be with it. No judgment, no justification, no need to even change it and feel it. Because that feeling, genuine feeling without resistance, without negotiation, just being with that will begin a process inside of internal transformation. There's only so long that you can really sit in the fire of the pain and not do something. Eventually the fire gets so hot that either you die or you jump out and you take some action, but you know, it, it becomes a bit more organic. See, ultimately in terms of relationship, I know you talk about heartbreak in terms of relationship. I think we need to also uh, shift our paradigm and definition of relationship and success as a whole, but success in relationship. We have this idea that breakup, oh, it's a failure. Breakup, oh, it's bad. Breakup, uh, yes, breaking up can be painful, but I would say staying in a relationship where you're not seen, where you're not loved, where you're not honored, where you're not loving, where you're not evolving, where you're not cherished, where you're not deeply being who you are, this is painful for the next 20, 30 years. That's more tragic and painful. So I think we also need a reframing of our concept of relationships. See, to me, in relationship, two people come together. You meet someone, feel a connection. Two people come together. And I would say you come together with someone because number one, your vibrational match in that particular moment of time. You and that person are a mental, emotional, spiritual, or vibrational match. You are resonating together at a similar frequency. You also come together because you and that person have your soul and their soul have maybe an agreement or certain lessons that you have to teach each other. And that's why you've attracted each other. To me, relationship is an evolutionary vehicle, evolutionary classroom for the expansion of your soul. So there's some lessons that you have to teach each other, which is why you attract each other into each other's lives in the first place. And so ultimately, you attract to you in a particular moment in time, a person who is a mirror manifestation of your consciousness. You attract to you in a particular moment of time, five years ago, 10 years ago, a person who is a mirror manifestation of some aspect of your consciousness and, and some aspect of the consciousness that you need to embrace, that you need to integrate, that you need to heal, that you need to learn, that you need to make peace with, that you need to you know, love more deeply but they reflect to you something, some aspect of yourself. And so I tell people, there is no relationship out there. There's no relation. We think there's a relationship. I'm in relationship with someone else and I'm going to break up with someone else. But when you really understand, wait, there's no relationship out there. What does that mean? That means there's a relationship out there that is a projection of your internal relationship inside of yourself. And so in a, in a sense, 
you are in relationship with yourself. You are in relationship with an aspect or aspects of yourself projected in the form of the person that you're with. They are a mirror manifestation of aspects of your own unconscious. There's no relationship out there. When you understand that, it shifts the understanding. And so to me, the real purpose of relationship is to grow and evolve and learn the lessons. The real purpose of relationship, yes, romance and great sex and great vacations and great holidays and absolutely nothing wrong with it. But I think the real purpose of relationship is we attract someone to us who's a mirror manifestation of an aspect of ourselves, so that we can grow, learn and evolve and ultimately learn the lessons, but also become the most authentic version of who we are and realize our deepest authentic nature. To me, that's the real purpose. And so sometimes we get so attached to how long we stay together. We get so attached to it lasting forever. But I think the real success of a relationship is not simply how long you stay with someone. The real success is the degree to which you learn the lessons and the degree to which you evolve and become the most authentic version of you. I would just say when we are in relationship and we've maybe learned the lessons, you know, we've learned the lessons together. The reason why we've come together has been fulfilled. You know, you, you, you passed your A-levels. It's like, what do you do now? Go to university. No, I don't want to go to university. I got A's in my A-levels, B's in my A-levels, but I want to stay here till I'm 74. You know, you're 18 and you pass your A-levels, you, you graduate, you go to uni. That's just how it is. And so in relationship, when we learn the lesson with that person, with our partner, with those people, on some level, either we recreate and keep expanding together or we're complete. The relationship is a success. And no matter what happens, even when a relationship ends, I really believe that so long as you have learned the lessons, but also you have grown and become even more fully you, it's a success. Because people can stay together in a relationship for 70 years, but they're miserable, they're not growing, they're not happy, they're not, they're not evolving, they're not fully expressing themselves. That's not a success. However, there are cases, aren't there? You come out of a relationship because it's not your choice, that maybe your ex suddenly decides they're off, they've met someone else, maybe there's a betrayal. So that I see a lot. And I know a lot of my listeners will be there going, I'm heartbroken. You know, I'm trying to learn the lessons and I'm a big believer in that as well. I always just say, you've got to bank the lessons because otherwise life will keep on teaching you the same lessons. But how yes, do you, I, I guess, something. yeah, tap into that? How? You know, this is why I really do think that if we really understand that we are souls, we're souls first and foremost, and we incarnate into this human experience. And life, this whole process of life is really a university. This whole process of life is the classroom for our soul's evolution. Then our relationships and the people we attract are really our teachers, our professors, our classroom, they are the ones that help us with our soul's curriculum, right? And, and so in any situation, if we just look at it from a uh, story level, ego level, material level, they did this, they did that. They betrayed me, they cheated. They did that, I can't believe. Then we will stay stuck in a level of story, victimhood, upset, anger, and it will often be very hard to unstuck ourselves because we're looking at, looking at the physical level of what happened and sometimes the physical level of what happened isn't right. I agree. It's not right that they cheated. It's not right that they were not in integrity. It's not right that they betrayed you. I'm not denying that. And there might be certain consequences and things that need to occur to resolve that level. 
But if we just stay stuck on that level, that one dimensional level, we will often not drop to the deeper dimension of the soul level. To me, there's the gold line and there's the soul line. And at the level of the soul line, at the level of the soul, if everything is a classroom, that means that person that betrayed you, that person that left, that person that what have you, there was some lesson that your soul was seeking to learn in that situation, in that dynamic, and they were the teacher for that. And so I think it's so important to take the focus off of the story, the right and wrong, and focus on what is it, my, two things, what is it my soul is seeking to learn in this curriculum with this person? They cheated on me. Maybe because many times we attract in our lives in relationships uh, or we unconsciously attract and create in relationships incomplete dynamics from our childhood that weren't resolved. And there is an unconscious part of us that it has a completion impulse to complete things that weren't resolved. So the same pattern that perhaps we didn't resolve growing up, we recreate in our life today with our partners to, to heal, transform and resolve that. And maybe that situation was a classroom and an opportunity, if we see it as a classroom, not good or bad, just a classroom, and a very, maybe a very difficult classroom, but it gives us the opportunity to resolve the dynamic with our parent, resolve the dynamic with our dad, resolve the dynamic with, the, with our mom, resolve a particular dynamic so that we can move through. If, see, here's the thing. All lessons are repeated until learned. And so even if that person left, even if you leave, if you didn't learn the lesson, you're just going to attract a similar pattern in the form of, of a different person. So just breaking up is not necessarily the be all and end all. It's like, did I really learn the lesson? And so when we move from the story, we move out of victimhood. He did this and they did this to me too. Huh. The fact that I was in that situation means my soul wanted to learn something. How do we know? Because it happened. How do we know? Because you were in it. How do we know? Because you're going through it. Reality doesn't lie. You can tell me whatever you want, but the fact that I'm in a situation, you're in a situation, there was something your soul was ready to go through. The key now is to focus on the soul lesson. Two questions. What is my soul seeking to really learn here? That's it for today's episode. Join me next time for part two of my interview with Kuta Blackson. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to Sarah's virtual Heartbreak to Happiness retreat. This is a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with her empowering online video program designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com where you can also get a copy of Sarah's gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.